Welcome to Why in the World. My name is Ben Shepherd. At the age of just 25, Isaac Kenyon already holds a world record, has swam the English Channel and has rowed the Atlantic, among many other things. He now goes by the nickname Mr. Enthusiasm on Instagram, and I think you'll understand why after you listen to this episode. A true lover of everything outdoors, Isaac Kenyon is on Why in the World. Isaac Kenyon joins me. How are you, man? Very good, very good. Sun is shining. Fresh off a wild camp. <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah, wild camp. Saw some friends in London last night and then decided to just get the train back home to Hertfordshire and then go for a hammock. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is the best way of showing this adventurous lifestyle that you live is you go on a night out, you have a few beers in town and they think, you know what I want to do? Don't want to get a takeaway. I want to go back and sleep in a hammock. Wake up to the, Wake up to the, the forest and the sound of sound of birds. You know, it's just you can't get anywhere else. I want to start this, mate, by doing something I don't normally do, but just tell everybody how old you are. Twenty-five. You're twenty-five years old, and by the age of twenty-five, you have done some incredible endurance challenges. Can you just rattle off everything you've done? And because I know we're going to delve into certain different things and there are certain different places I want to take this. But can you just rattle off everything you've done by the age of 25? A lot of this stuff only really kicked in until I was like 18 or so, right? So eighteen. this is 18 to 25. But English Channel Swim, Clone Kilimanjaro, uh, done a three-week hike in the Spanish Pyrenees, just like adventuring, just running around casual. Done a lot of the Free Peak Challenge loads of times and a lot of pretty much most of the uh, hikes that you can do in the UK. And uh, just recently did the Atlantic row, rowing across the Atlantic Ocean. And I've also done an endurance cycle event, uh, which was like the Red Bull time-lapse okay. series or something like this. Like, what about the world, with, world record as well? Uh, oh, yeah. And then, just casually forget oh, yeah. the world record. <laughs> A world record for the longest uh, ever stationary row, basically. Where did this all start then? Because you said like it didn't really start till you were sort of 18 years old. What sort of got you into this adventurous lifestyle? I was always high energy as a child, extremely high energy. And my mum found the route to channel it and she just used to throw me in a swimming pool. So I used to do, you know, literally loads of throw you in the pool. Yeah, get like thirsty, <laughs> get in there, you know, calm him down, please. <laughs> <laughs> thirty hours a week, like oh, just okay. training all the time. Went to nationals and all this stuff. When I got to university, kind of got bored of it, and I thought to myself, well, what happens? Like, because a lot of this national swimming, you get to a peak, and it's just where do you go from there? What is there next? So I was thinking, you know, I need to channel this energy somewhere else rather than just train. It's like I used to use the pool was always to calm down I had all this yeah. stored energy I couldn't so I worked out that maybe I should do some endurancey type stuff or like challenges and essentially someone just said well you do swimming why didn't you try open water swimming I said what do you mean by open water swimming and I said oh you just swim in the lake and I said okay I'll give that a go so I swam in the lake like once or twice with him okay. and he said this is great isn't it you can do open water swimming challenges and I said okay and he said would you want to do something bigger do you want to do English Channel and then from there, the rest is history. I noticed when I was swimming in the pool, you don't get the same feeling of swimming outdoors. You get the nature, you get the outdoors feeling. It's, the endorphins are so much better. And I just felt like I was more at home. And I, since then, it's just been like nonstop. It's, it's like chasing the uncomfortable zone, but not all the time. But it's the fact that it's not the uncomfortable zone. It's the outdoor zone that mm. I search for. And I like being doing endurance type stuff. 
because I get to spend more time in the outdoors. But the, what happens with a lot of endurance events is you get to go to these incredibly remote areas where you're in like a raw, natural place. Mm. And because I've got so much energy, I need to do endurance to like focus that energy somewhere sometimes. Do you find if you don't do anything physical in a day or for a week oh, or you know, if you've got an injury or something, do, do you struggle with that? I Is do it struggle. Some, yeah. I do struggle. I need do you to get use outdoors. it for sort of your head just to clear yourself out, just to be like... Yeah you're, yeah, you're with me. It's like a bit of like mental well-being as well. Okay. Like I need it. I, I call it outdoor time. I just, I need it outdoor time uh, just to find balance. You know, I could be working in the office, whatever, and or I could be working, meeting clients and stuff during the week. But then I need my escapism, which is outdoors, raw nature, mm. doing some endurance, learning a new sport. You have to schedule this around your full-time work, right? I do, yeah. Yeah. Everything's scheduled. And if I got a free moment, I will do adventure. People will say, oh, adventure's so expensive. How do you afford it all? <laughs> it's not that expensive. It's actually cheaper than a night out in London or anything like that. A couple, you could have like uh, five beers or whatever with your friends in London. It costs the same amount from a whole weekend just wild camping. Yeah. Away. So that first experience then, swimming the channel, let's start there. When you decided that you wanted to do that and you told people, I'm going to go and swim the English Channel, what was their reaction to you? It was kind of like you're audacious and it was part of the swimming club. So at the time I was in the swimming club and yeah. it was something to like put it on the map a bit as well and raise money for charity but it was it was more just like uh this guy's he's a bit nuts I, that was the first time i started getting called crazy so it's it, when you start doing endurance challenges people start calling you crazy mm. people don't get it do they people are like why can't just go and watch a film can't just sit down yes. man yeah why, just don't go and do this stupid stuff but when you're the then in it and you're doing it, it's something that not many people I feel can relate to. And it's that feeling after you've completed that challenge, having put all the work in, yeah. is something... It sticks with you. Yeah, you can't get anywhere else. When you finished that first challenge, the channel swim, what was the reaction to that? How did you feel? I, I felt like it was extremely hard. I had to go through so many different, difficult, uncomfortable zones. A good swimmer can swim for hours. Swimming in the sea, it's very different waves hitting you, freezing cold water, you know, jellyfish, like all these things are, are dangerous or whatever. And it's like you have to overcome that mentally and you have to like condition yourself in such a way where you can handle that that situation where it feels almost traumatic to an extent, but it's not because you've kind of mentally prepared yourself and you've done the challenge, you got through it. Then when I look back on it, I think to myself, that was very hard and it was very rewarding. Mm. And I learned a lot about kind of how you can sustain yourself in water for so long mm. how you can you know, adapt your body to cold it just felt experimental mm. how Some, did you condition yourself for that swim just more and more cold water just spending time in cold water and uh, having cold showers gradually increasing the uh, duration of cold water when you got out the other side you hit France that must yeah. have felt incredible oh it was yeah that, the rock was boiling hot <laughs> I literally climbed on that rock. I was like huddling that rock. It's so warm. How <laughs> long following that and following like your first proper experience of adventure did you think, well, I've got to do this again? Yeah, it was, it was no brainer, like honestly, straight away. I know I don't get that feeling anywhere else. I mean, if I watch TV, I won't get that feeling. If I'm just like having a night out with my friends, I won't get that feeling. You've gone through something so difficult and so mentally challenging that it's pushed you to all your extremes where you've had to like go into reserves of something you didn't know you had 
you can live a sedentary lifestyle and you can you know work and look at things on tv and just sit there and you will never tap into this raw survival feeling and then when you go back to your normal life it's very easy <laughs> like, like i come back from the atlantic row for instance and then people are complaining about like a deadline on the email and i'm thinking wow you know this uh i was just in the middle of a sea where i couldn't see anything, anything else. for 20 days and it, it puts things into perspective and that's why when i hear that you know people do the war stories the people who went to war yeah, in world yeah. war ii I had lots of admiration for that. They had to push themselves in such a way. And when they come back to normal lifestyle, it's a little bit easier. But it's also it's difficult really... to come back to normal lifestyle, I would imagine, for you. Do yeah. you find it difficult or not? Yeah, because I, I, I do enjoy pushing myself in the uncomfort zone. I do enjoy it. Mm. Um, and I do enjoy going into like remote areas. But also you do need to have a living and you do need to obviously be able to afford a place to live and things like yeah. that. So you, society requires you to work. So... If it didn't, I'd probably be doing this all the time. Yeah. Have you experienced any injury, any like real hard moments out on these challenges where you thought, you know what, something's gone wrong here. I don't know if I can finish. Um, I'm quite fortunate actually, to be okay. honest. A lot of these challenges also are very, the ones I've been involved in are very low impact type. Swimming in the sea is quite low, you're just in water. Maybe the hike was pretty tough. Uh, but the and the row, for instance, yeah. there was an impact. But I haven't had much inj- injury because a, a lot of what I do for anything endurance is injury prevention rather than competitiveness. Yeah. Okay. So I focus on the task at hand, enjoying the task. I always push myself to my limit, and I teeter on it. I teeter on that it's limit. Hard to find that man. I teeter on that limit, and there's every yeah every now and then I know when I'm going a bit too far, mm. and I pull back, but. Not to an extent where I'm not on the limit again. You know, <laughs> I always stay on the limit, if that makes sense. I'm yeah. always trying to push a little bit harder than I've ever done before, but not too much where I'm going to put myself out for the count. It's finding that line, isn't it? Yeah. It's finding that line and then kind of bending that line a little bit. And you can kind of just put your little toes over there and you're like, you're over the line a little bit. And then you're like, i got to chill out a bit here. Slowly edging, slowly pushing a bit more and more into the unknown. Mm. Very slowly. I know that from experience, I've seen people really push themselves way past they can. Mm. And they've been in so much trouble. Yes, yeah, after the fact as you well, isn't it? Lifelong injuries, uh, lifelong mental traumas because yeah. they pushed themselves way too much. Where did the Atlantic grow? get born then obviously it's it's one thing that i know a lot of adventurers and a lot of people want to do when did you decide this is something you wanted to do my friend ben his uh, mother had multiple sclerosis okay and it comes from a charitable ambition to put the uh, therapy center on the map he was a rower and through his rowing community came across the atlantic row and he was like, I really want to do this. But he didn't know anyone other than myself who's nuts enough to say yes. <laughs> so he went straight to me, sent me a text message. So Isaac you... will say, yeah, come on. Yeah, he would say, yeah. And everyone knows that with me sometimes. I just say, I, sometimes I'll say yes to things. If it fits my criteria, which is like learning, challenge, outdoors. That's that's my criteria for that's everything, right? So <laughs> if it, he knew, like he had me hooked, bait done. You're like the you're like the guy that everybody has in the friendship group. But <laughs> if they want a beer on a night out, or they want to go for a few beers, and I'll text and I'll be like, oh, I know he'll be key. He's, he's, but it's just like in a different realm. It's in this sort of adventure realm yeah. rather than I don't know. You might be like that with a beer as well. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. So got a text message. Do you want to ready Atlantic? 
I said yes in about 10 seconds and then I researched what it was because <laughs> I've never rode or sailed before. Okay. But the thing is, there was always something in my mind thinking to myself, you know, I've, I've, been, I've grown up in Hertfordshire all my life. I've been landlocked. I've never done any sailing. I've never been out sea before. Rowing was a sport that I knew of at university. This is my last year of university and I thought to myself, do you know what? I focused so much on swimming. I've been swimming, 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 swimming. And I just did the English Channel, went open water. I was like, now let's try. Did the Kilimanjaro hike and starting to try different things. So I thought, I'm going to try this and just learn how to row, sail, and just give that a go. And then, you know, finally researching and talking to people and you actually really do go out in the middle of nowhere. The remoteness of it was so raw. And that's just kind of, I'm, I'm starting to think, the more and more I delved into other people's perception of adventure everyone uh, is now seeking for the most remote areas a raw wild experience and i think that all just comes from the fact that we are so close together all the time as humans and the cities and we're all together that a lot of people are now seeking that remote wild adventure and like myself i fall into that category where i just want to see what it's like to be somewhere where there's nothing but nature what is it like in the middle of the Atlantic Sea, a peace. Hmm? It's very peaceful. It's really peaceful. You wouldn't be. think so. There is a lot of storms. It can be loud and proud, I call it, when it brings up the storms and the huge waves and the danger comes. But then there's times where it's just steady, nice, easy waves that just roll through that you can just handle. The boat does very well, and you don't have to do too much. Hmm. It's mostly like that for most of it, and you're completely surrounded by sea, and you just hear the waves. Because you're in a very small category now. There's not many people that can say they've done what you've done in rowing an ocean. When you came back and to be speaking to people, to them kind of understand and quite comprehend what you've just been through, that must have been quite hard to yeah. to share almost. It's very difficult to really share. You, you say your moments that you like and you say your moments that you didn't like and you explain what a day today was there. But there's feelings when you're in that raw nature and you just look around and you just listen and it's very mindful Mm. I get those feelings sometimes just walking in the woods again and it brings back the memories of the Atlantic that raw nature so if I was just walking in the woods since then by myself I get that feeling sometimes where I'm just surrounded by outdoors and just the wind and things like this you can get that but there was heavily almost pretty much 40 days of it like mm. all the time outdoors mindful so you know when that one time you just walk through the woods it's just you by yourself or whatever or you just walk in the field and all you can hear is wind you don't hear cars you don't hear people you don't hear it and you're just there in the moment you're listening and it's just nature it's like that the whole time but sea mm. sea is the noise some of it felt like it was a dream was it scary then? oh uh, yeah was there a particular moment? all my fear was before I did it you know Three months before, I was more scared than I was when I was there. Three months, three months, because you're mentally comprehending what you're doing. I was having like uh, fear, fear, panics, palpitations, not palpitations. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, just like what am I about to do? Three months. I'm thinking to myself, in three months' time, I'm going to be in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. What did your family think? Well, they weren't too sure about it. Mum was saying no. Uh, Dad was just saying. I want to be able to talk to you so I have a satellite phone Christmas Nan was what are you doing 
grandfather was yes do it like he was ex, <laughs> they he's, always he's, are he's uh, yeah he's ex-Korean you know war veterans he said he said if I was 20 years younger I'd be on that boat with you of course he did of course he did <laughs> yeah classic um, so he was very much for it and then my, my brother he was I think he was a bit confused about the whole thing to be honest uh, it was quite a big thing to to even comprehend they must have felt extremely proud when you managed oh. to get it done my, it was very interesting, actually, uh, the different reactions of the family members afterwards. When I came back, I was welcomed by my mum. She was crying. She was in hysterics and was so happy to see me, mm. like all mums. <laughs> then my dad called me. He said, well done. I can't believe you did it. You know, I was rooting for you the whole way. Everyone's been asking you about you, things like this. My brother was like... Great, good stuff. See you well, soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, my brother was very chill. His reaction was so relaxed. And uh, my gr- uh, grandma and my grandfather were just acted like it was normal. You know, I just came back and they were like, oh, how was it? And I said, I said, I really enjoyed it. I said, oh, good. She asked some pictures. Okay, great. And that was it. Like, back to normal. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so some, everyone's had different reactions to the whole thing. Because think people comprehend it in a different way. Everyone's got a different... Uh, perspective of what you're doing and that's life everyone's got a different perspective of everything how did you get on on the boat with the people you were with because you're never in that smaller space with that few people for that long ever no, you're not you're not no so there must be tensions from oh, time yeah. to time on the boat oh there's huge tensions at times there was huge arguments then there was times where you you're celebrating something that you it's so overwhelmingly great to celebrate together a moment where swimming with whales and you think to yourself oh my god we just swam with whales <laughs> and it. you just can't like the exhilaration and then there's times oh you seriously you're gonna have another water break you're seriously gonna have another water break yeah. in your mind you think you turn around it's like you've had five water breaks in this hour and then the, the tensions come like that it was very much tit for tat but it was all Overall, exacerbated, I would imagine. Just yeah, everything was exaggerated, tiredness sometimes. When you swam with the whales or you saw it in the sunset, especially with tiredness, it seems more amazing, especially in a, in a remote place to have such an incredible scene. Mm. It was, uh, I don't know, some weird hallucinogenic, I don't yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like, it felt like we were on drugs, but we were not, okay? Everyone, we were not. <laughs> <laughs> but it felt like you were, and it, everything was just bigger and better than it was. And then if there was something annoying, it was a big issue. I want to flash back a little bit to before the Atlantic and training for it, because I know there was a world record involved. How did that even come about? One guy, we took uh, his advice really, really like to heart. He said, the best advice I can give you guys is be ready for boredom. He said, imagine just rowing on a rowing machine, staring at a wall for, you know, day on, day out. And he just said that. And then we decided to row okay, on a rowing machine for four days. <laughs> so, so we did it as a mental challenge to see what our minds would do, uh, what nutrition would work, like an experiment. In the same time, broke a world record. Yeah. So talk to me about exactly what you did, because there's weight categories involved in this, right? You yeah. broke it in, was it the lightweight category? I was lightweight category, and my friend so, was heavyweight. So. Did he break it as well? Yeah, he broke so his one, yeah. So you basically set up a rower, and it's a continuous row for as long as you physically can, right? Yeah, to, pretty much, no. To break the world record. Yeah. 
are there rules on getting on and off? Yeah, there was, yeah. And stuff like that. Yeah, Did you're allowed, um, I think it was five minute breaks every hour. So it's not really sleep, is it? No, it's just like, <laughs> get off, have a wee, and then get uh, yeah. back on pretty yeah, much. Yeah, pretty much, yeah, so it's continuous. How did your body cope with oh, that? Oh, deteriorated. Unbelievably fast. You can imagine having no sleep w- would happen. So it put a little bit of fear. That's why I was having that three month scare before the row. So I was thinking, oh, God, it could be, you know, like the world record. It can't be like that. It was quite traumatic at times because you're like, how am I going to get up and do this extra hour I need to do? That is... It was intense. Seriously, seriously mentally challenging. That was mentally challenging. And then also it's like, it was very traumatic and it felt like torture. I think ultimately we knew how we would react in certain circumstances. So myself and Ben, we rode the whole time together on this world record. And it was very interesting. We would say things or do things, and these were triggers for a massive attack of sleepness or something like this. And then we had remedies or things that we could do to keep each other awake or in tune and understand each other. So when we were on that row, the actual Atlantic row was very is easier. Okay. I find the actual Atlantic row easier than the world record row in terms of mental toughness and things. During the Atlantic row, you could go back to that moment mm. that you were sitting on a row machine, staring at a wall, and think, <laughs> well, this is a lot better than being there. I mean, honestly, everything I've ever done in my life, I always, when it's hard, I always think of that row. <laughs> everything. Everything. The train doesn't turn up, well, I could be on a row machine suffering <laughs> on my third day. Like, I've never felt more low. In the gym, mate. More you difficult. Must, you must look at the row machine. You I never want to see you again. Yeah, I, I guess it feels weird going on them every now and then. Yeah. I get back on, I'm like, wow, oh, I was on this for a very long time <laughs> once. I bet you think as well, how the hell did I stay on for that amount of time? What was the number in the end? It was like... 83 hours? 83 hours. 83, That's 83 so hours, long. Like four days almost. Yeah, it was a really long time. That's a really long time. But that must have given people that you know confidence as well that you were going to be able to do the Atlantic row. Yeah, and also that I was completely nuts, apparently. (laughs) I'm not even going to touch on that. um, What I do want to touch on is your Instagram name, which I like, Mr. Enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah. You do strike me as that, though. You do strike me as someone that's going to look for the good in everything. Yeah, I have to. Why is that? Because it's where I get my inspiration from. Okay. So when I'm happy about something, it makes me keep being happy and I look for things that I know that make me happy and that's where my enthusiasm comes so I find a lot of things I know that keep me happy and that's outdoors challenge learning and that's where my enthusiasm comes from do you look at things that other people do and does that inspire you at times I'll see someone do um, like the Antarctica thing I've always wanted to go there since I was a young boy geology was a my subject when I was at university and I was, I've always wanted to do the uh, the Antarctica expedition a long time ago I just saw it I saw that on your Instagram recently yeah I just, you I'm going like, for it sorry mum or something yeah, like that yeah yeah I'm, I'm going for it yeah, oh, yeah at some point yeah in the next like 10 years or so is there an exact challenge that you have in mind not yeah I'm still formulating okay. what's going to be but it's going to be endurance space because that's where I like to be pushing myself a bit of difficulty mm-hmm. that type of thing but we'll see how it goes yeah the inspiration can come from others it can come from myself within it comes from doing things I always find that actually doing something leads to something else whilst I was doing the Atlantic I was noting down all my thoughts so every shift I'd come off and I'd just write everything I was thinking of some of my 
best ideas came out of that. I know you do some motivational speaking as well and you go and talk to people about the adventures that you've been on. Do you find that is rewarding to you? Occasionally, I more tried to do the speaking to relate to people. I tried to say, you know, I did the Atlantic Road and things like this. This was my, my stuff. But it's, uh, I tried to get it so that you can translate into your normal life. To do something that you want to do that makes you happy is the fundamental, just the simple tagline, very cliche. A lot of speakers talk about it all the time. I think if I come out of the, and they say, wow, incredible what you did, I think that's great. But if someone says, incredibly, you know, I'm going to give this a go. Like, I've been thinking about, what do you think of this? And I say, yeah, go for it. And, they, and then they do it. Mm. That is what I'd like to see more. Because there's a lot of people I know live uh, a, a very... They're scared to do something. They're just scared to do something. It's quite a selfless way of looking at it, though, I think. A lot of people, and I mean, you'll know when you do something good and you get a tap on the back and someone says well done that was yeah. sick that was great it feels good it feels good it? Yeah. it does and what's harder is to take yourself out of that and to take yourself out of that oh congratulations yes look at me I'm great look like my photo on Instagram to I want to tell you that you can do this yeah as and well. tap yourself on the back exactly yeah. you just need to do something that makes yourself happy and I know like you said it's quite a cliche thing to say like lots of motivational speakers say it lots of people that do talk say it but I, I don't think it's cliche because it's true isn't yeah, it yeah it's not a bad thing it's, it's not a simple thing. thing it's a great thing to, to, to look for uh, yeah I can do obviously uh, a speech about the Atlantic Grow and it's so difficult and the whole story things like this but then I always try and pull it into relatable st- stuff you know yeah. I, I was working full time job just like you in the office and this was my dream did like this if you've got a dream you can also find time to do it if someone's listened to this now what would you say to them if they wanted a more adventurous lifestyle? You know, at times, right, you have like a system in place. You, you, you see your girlfriend or you uh, see your family on this time or you, everyone's got structure to their life and everyone's got a timeline of what they do. And if you're looking for change, unfortunately, you have to change something. Sometimes something needs to go or make or be squished or less of it to make room for something else. Or you need to like prioritize. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. So it if, sense. if people have a, a thought it's like process, a pie chart, isn't it? Yeah, well, the piece has to get smaller for something else to be able to go in. Right? I think so. Yeah, uh, you you fill your time. So if you're watching TV, for instance, I have a lot of friends, or whatever, family and things that watch TV, and then they have they want to do so and so more cycling. Uh, so I say, well, maybe you could do less TV and do more cycling, like tit for tat. So for me to, to say, do you want a more adventurous life? Do less of what you're doing now and then do more adventure. So you, something has to go and then make time for the adventure. Mm. And it's just, but also I never overdo it. So if you've already got a, a schedule, don't just add adventure to it because then you're going to be uh, running around like crazy and not sleeping because yeah, yeah. you need sleep. <laughs> As I can tell you from the world record, you need you sleep. Need sleep. <laughs> Like it's very important. There was a photo actually that I saw of you post that world record. You looked absolutely shattered. I have never felt that tired. You looked looked so tired. You were so white. You were just like the ghost. I like mate. (laughs) He needs to go to bed. (laughs) Look at him. Yeah. Yeah. It must have felt again so rewarding, and getting that world record as well must have been brilliant. You've swam. You've rode. You've hiked. I know you've done a little bit of running. 
you've now started cycling. Yeah, cycling for a call it an adventure next year. Just okay. uh, doing a Land's End John O'Groats just for friends, just to learn how to cycle properly. Land's End to John O'Groats to learn how to cycle properly. I mean, you, yeah, because I, I like the, an endurance. If I you do, do have an endurance. stabilizers, yeah? To see if you <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the whole way. I mean, that would be a challenge, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that. Like, uh, when you hit, do an endurance sport, you learn to do the sport and then you learn to do the sport well. That's that's the difference. Like you can learn to do a sport, I can learn to ride a bike. But to learn a bike learn bike ride well and over long distances in so many different terrains and be actually skilled at that, I think you need to do endurance. I, I could learn how to do a hundred meter sprint and be fast on a on a run, but it doesn't mean I'll have the good running technique. I could just run like flailing. But when you do an endurance every technique counts for every step of the way it makes you more dynamic streamlined that's why i like endurance as well you learn to do something properly because it has consequences if you don't yeah i kind of have to that amount of like distance through your legs or distance or whatever have you got a list of things that you want to do yeah of course my entire room it looks like a madman's room i've got these whiteboards sort of like whiteboard sticky things around my room right and then just write all my thoughts all the time just all over my wall it literally looks like a madman's room (laughs) i've got (laughs) like a science yeah just like sticky notes everywhere like gotta do this gotta do this gotta do this it's like that and then every year i you know i do a prioritization so i think this year i'm going to focus on this this and this and this is what can fit into that schedule that adventurous schedule i was talking to you about you know that timeline that you have in your life so i I can feel this and this is realistic so i'm going to do this and then doesn't matter if i don't do the other stuff but i can do that later or might not do it all but at least the ideas are there are there certain races that you would like to do well to be super competitive with it would you would you like to be competitive or do you think (sighs) yeah well there's a fine line with that when you become competitive you can put yourself in a dangerous position where you push especially endurance sports and things you can push yourself too far and too hard and it's it's not a race against doing the challenge it's a race against another person you can have an endurance challenge of 100 miles and the aim is to do 100 miles that's the initial aim then you can have 100 miles and the aim is to beat someone so you could be in a situation where you're just like both going or three or four of you going at it and then you can get yourself in a real bad state and then it beats the challenge it beats the point you're not doing you're not there to do the challenge anymore you're not there to live in the moment you're there to race somebody so it just becomes you versus someone else and just who can push themselves more than the other person so it's basically i just see it as an arm wrestle it's like who can push themselves more who's stronger for the long run i suppose you're taken away from the point of it being enjoyment and outdoors yeah yeah it changes the whole dynamic for me i don't mind participating in the race with the aspect of it's my own race so like everyone can go at it whatever around me and i'll do my own thing but i would never go for gold or anything like that because it takes away that feeling of like your happiness this was an interesting thing about the atlantic road there was a point where we could have become really competitive in the race and we could have gone for you know top placing now that would have required a change of sleep schedule and really pushing yourself and when the whales came, you wouldn't swim the whales, you would ignore them. When the sunsets came, you wouldn't really look at them, you'd just look straight ahead and just make sure that your body's balanced so that you're making sure the boat is in the most streamlined way. There's a lot of things you didn't take in if you were racing. And then when we came off that boat and everyone started retelling their stories, the competitive ones didn't have many stories. And what was it for? Some of them came second or third. They didn't even get the first place. 
So they've done this incredible challenge for 40 days or 30 days or whatever, and they don't even have a story. They can't tell you like amazing events that happened. All they can tell you is that they just stared in front and at their friend's back for the entire thing, and they just focused on staring at the back and just rowing. And just completely, their mind is all about how many miles did we do? Did we do miles, more miles than the other person? Seems to be for you that Different. it is all about making memories, right? Oh yeah, because at the end of the day, you, you know, when you when you're all, when you're gone or whatever, or you're on your way out or whatever, you're going to be thinking back the memories. You're not going to be thinking, did I beat that person? You're 25 at the moment. You've got a long, long road ahead of you when it comes to loads of different events I'm sure so much to learn you're going to do so much when you just mentioned that then when you're old when you're on your way out whatever you are going to be the most interesting old person I think ever we'll we'll see how it goes (laughs) just rocking back and forth back and forth and you know what actually you'll probably be exactly like your granddad your grandson comes back from rowing the Atlantic thing I would be Ah, good who comes back tells you he's just done something incredible be like (laughs) 40 years ago, son, I'd have been with you as well. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much, pretty much, yeah. Massive thank you to Isaac for heading up to London to get that one recorded with us. I'm sure we're going to hear much more from him in the future. His passion for the outdoors and adventure really is infectious. Thank you so much. If you've subscribed, if you haven't yet, please get that done for us. A five-star rating would be preferable. Thank you very much if you've done that. And if you get a little bit of time to do a review as well, we would really appreciate that. We will be back again in a couple of weeks with a brand new episode of Why in the World.